Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bonneau, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go! Tell me a little bit of a background about yourself and, and how you got into olive oil. Yeah, so I actually did not have any intention of going into the olive oil industry or working in food at all. My background's in the design and architecture world. So I have a degree in architecture. I was pursuing a career to become a licensed architect in the US. Um, I had taken an architecture internship in Barcelona. I was working at a really great firm in the Bay Area. I was on a, a very clear path to become an architect, I guess you could say. Yes. And I got sidetracked by my now husband. But before Giuseppe okay. and I actually got <laughs> married, um, that was what I was pursuing. But Giuseppe, my, my now husband, <clears throat> his background's in health and fitness and wellness. And his family's been making olive oil for almost 100 years. Oh, wow. And when he, when we met, we met in Barcelona, excuse me, Rome in summer of 2014, we did long distance for a while. And then he eventually ended up moving to the U.S. And it was actually his idea to go into the olive oil industry. And I was very adamant about, no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. I want to continue <laughs> down the path of architecture. I want to become an architect, la di da da Yeah, right. <laughs> um, like, let's see where that landed me. Um, but I realized... <laughs> When I was working and I, I just really wasn't happy in the world of architecture because I could see very clearly that in the next 10 years, I was not going to move up to the place that I wanted to be in. It's really hard to move up the ladder and compared to other industries, the pay and the bump up within companies are not aligned mm. at all. And it was frustrating to me because I would go and work on like $10 million homes in San Francisco and then not get a pay that I thought was worth, that I was worthy of. And then I also, of course, saw my friends working in tech because the Bay Area is a global tech capital. <laughs> and they were moving forward and just growing so much and learning so much. And I felt really, really stagnant. And like, I was just going to be treading water for a really long time. And that wasn't worth it for me. I didn't want to dedicate 10 years of my life to basically end up, I don't know, being a manager at an architecture firm that wasn't even mine. I wanted something that I felt like mm. I could take ownership of. And that's when I said, you know what, let me take a step back and see if making something would be really fulfilling to me. And I had a friend that owned a winery and harvest was coming up. And I asked her, I said, Hey, can I come work for you during fall harvest? And she said, yeah, absolutely. Come work with me. And I told her the olive oil company idea that Giuseppe was pitching. And she was like, Sally, you should really pursue that because it could be really interesting. And you don't know where it could take you making wine and making olive oil are very similar, but um, as I'm sure you're familiar with, <laughs> but wine, there's not, uh, I mean, excuse me, with olive oil, there's no aging process. So the, the process is much um, shorter. And that's, yeah, that's how I kind of got into the world of olive oil. This sounds, yeah, because I was wondering, like, not many people grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to 
do that. <laughs> and and then like once you start looking into it, because I've obviously looked at your website and everything, that that looks quite exciting and quite like a and also I, I love the way that you 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 are making it exciting actually because I think a lot of people are like, oh that's that thing you know on the shelf and they don't have that um that connection that idea like you, you mentioned wine so most people have a that idea of you know the process the story the, 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 with wine and that might be just my experience but i don't think a lot of people have that with olive oil so in a way you have to create that as you are getting them familiarized with your brand it's true olive oil is not sexy we look at wine mm, and it's cool. so sexy yeah. it's it's something that we lust after it's romanticized you see especially in movies i mean come on <laughs> that pe- yeah. they're driving through on this romantic drive through the vineyards and they're going tasting yeah. in the south of france like you see that in a million american films mm. and it's a product that is very much romanticized and it's interesting because olive oil is so similar but it's just mm. not as sexy and the industry has it is also um it's been stagnant for a really, really long time. And there, it hasn't been covered as much in the media. Like there's just not nearly as much attention on the product as there has been for wine. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. First, we have a tendency, uh, like human beings have a tendency to put an emphasis on alcohol instead of non-alcoholic products. So it's an, it's an alcohol, it's sexier, like alcohol's hot, like that is something that's marketing. And then we also just haven't, um, and also alcohol is consumed, I guess, faster. Like a bottle of wine is consumed much faster than a bottle of yeah. olive oil. So the turnover of the product is much higher. Yeah. And it moves, it moves more quickly. People go through a case of wine much faster than they go through a case of olive oil. Mm. But then in, in, on the bright side, I guess, you, you have launched in the right time because now with the pandemic, I guess people are more aware of health so there has been a spike in all sorts of health awareness and activities. So that 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 must be um, a good 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 time to to be working on what you're working. Absolutely, extra virgin olive oil is the fastest growing um, cooking fat in the U.S. right now, oh, wow. which is of course good for us. But also, I think Americans are just becoming more aware of cooking fats. And I say U.S. because we are based in the United States, we're only shipping within the US. That's who we cater to exclusively mm-hmm. at the moment. And yeah, so they're, they're just, they're taking a lot more notice of the cooking fats available on the shelf and they wanna know what's in it, who's behind the brand. Uh, in, the, in the US supermarkets, I feel like we've gotten very um, pushed or, or, or gotten really far away from producers and understanding where our mm-hmm. food comes from. It just kind of shows up on grocery shelves and that can be really dangerous because mm-hmm. we need to know where our food is coming from. We want to know who made this, where is it from, what's happening. Um, the lack of transparency is just, it's concerning. And that's not mm-hmm. something that I enjoy having in my food. And I think that people need to learn and deserve, excuse me, not learn, but deserve to know where their food comes from. And so that's mm. another step that Giuseppe and I take very seriously with XL. It's just making sure that people understand what is extra virgin, what it's not, where it comes from, how it's made. Um, and this is not just for our own benefit. 
like, of course it helps our brand, but it also just helps to educate consumers. Cause at the end of the mm. day, that's our top priority. It's always educate and then sell oil. Yeah. I think that with the new generation, I'm, I'm old enough to say that the new generation, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm looking at my kids and they, they are actually like much more like we learned, at least that's my experience. We learned to, to question ourselves or question what we're buying and from, you know, what is the brand? What does the brand stand for? Does it really stand for that or is just, you know, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. That's something that we've learned uh, in our lifetime. Whereas kids now, they're growing up with that as a given. And like I have a soon 17 year old um, in the house and, and he like, it's painful to go shopping with him because he's reading everything. Like he's reading everything on the label and he goes that, oh yeah, that comes from whatever. And that, that's a bit questionable and that's it. And it is painful, but it's a good thing. And it's, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's logical. It should, it should have always been like that. Yeah. And it's, it comes down to responsibility. Um, hmm. I think that Jen, as a, what are we calling them? Gen Z. I'm gonna cut that bit out. We don't have <laughs> the younger generation. Um, they've done a really good job when it comes to taking responsibility with understanding and trying to find out what's happening in the world. And I feel like I don't know, millennials, we just we got thrown into a very interesting um, time to become an adult. And we had to relearn a lot of things or look at our parents and be like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> we're not, that's not going to be my future. And now we're having kids and we want our kids to um, grow up with things that we actually had to learn. So for them, it just becomes second nature. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing. How did you come up with the name of the brand? Yeah, so XL stands for Exalbus Ulivis. And if you Google it, a bunch of olive oil brands come up. And so we shortened it, it um, just down to XL. But that's what it stands for. And it basically, it translates in Latin to white olive or olive harvested white, um, which actually means olive harvested young. And so mm. back in ancient times, when they were harvesting the olives, the green olives, the young olives would be harvested first. And the, that oil was reserved for nobility. Mm -hmm. And so it was okay. a noble oil. And so for us, it's XL represents the highest quality product that we're able to produce. And that's what our customers deserve to consume. Okay, that's nice. And what was the process of, because we deal with naming, branding and domains. So that's always an interesting uh, question for, for me to ask. What was the process of getting the domain name? How did you select that one? Um, I went, this is the thing that I love. Internet's so easy, right? Especially Google, Google just makes things very easy. <laughs> I purchased xoliveoil.com. I tried to get xoliveoil.com, but it was impossible. Someone else had it. Actually, a French brand had it. And I was like, maybe I should write that. And then they went out of business and I tried to find a domain. And now it's like, it's very expensive. It's really hard to get. So I'm, I'm going to let that go for now. But um yeah, it was really, really easy. Just a quick Google search, bought it. Um, as far as tr uh, registered trademark, because XL is a registered trademark in the US. So 
just know we are a registered trademark in case you get any uh, sweet ideas. We are registered <laughs> legally <laughs> for, for uh, more than two years now. So <laughs> a, a law firm did it for us. And it's really easy to go through the trademark process in the US. Okay. Um, you know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx actually filed all her trademark documents herself like back in the 90s. And she's had to redo it. So she, I think that she probably had someone with legal knowledge redo them. But when she did the filing, she did it herself. I was way too nervous to do that. So we had a law firm. Yeah, I think I would be as well. That part. Yeah. You just don't know. You want the extra protection. Like what colors? Yeah. Is it going to be all colors? What foods? Like what, what, um, sorry, category do you want to limit it to? Do you want multiple it's categories? Yeah, you want to have a, make a mistake on that. You really don't. You can end up in a fat lawsuit if, you mm. know, someone is like, oh, they missed something. Oops. I had an um, interview with, um, I'm going to send it to you after. It might be interesting, even though you've already registered the trademark, but uh, trademark attorney uh, in the US. And, and we were talking about that. And, and he was saying a lot of people think just because they started using a name or registered the domain name, they own the brand. And it's like, no, you don't. Unless you like legally register it, you don't. And and I have that similar thing with domain names. As soon as you start using that brand name, you you investing in that brand, you're building that name. You I mean that's all of your business. That's what makes you different. You know, obviously the quality of your product uh, and service, but that comes second. The first thing that people see in order to select you above another brand is your name. So uh, as soon as you start operating with that name, you're investing in that brand and you absolutely need to secure it like in a way possible. Yeah. The thing that's tricky with is the, is the cost. So in the US, it's about $3,000, including the filing fees to get an attorney mm -hmm. to do it. And the process is really straightforward. And if you have a, a trademark attorney, they've done it a gazillion times. It's very, very, very straightforward, but still three grand is three grand at the end of the day. It's a lot of money for any startup, especially if you're only starting a business with $5,000. You're like, great, there goes 60% of my budget. But it is necessary to do. If you're not able to afford to do it right away, um, you can brands can still go onto the USPTO website and do a search to see if there is a brand using their name yet. Um, if there is, then you need to select a different name, but you shouldn't just pick a name out of the sky and then run with it. You need to do research to see if it's actually in use. I was monitoring XL because we didn't have a trademark for a little bit. And I, I would monitor it to make sure that yeah. nothing happened. And then we finally got the USPTO like a hundred percent through. And after that, I was like, ah, sleeping easy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel protected. There's just no price uh, of feeling like you have full ownership over your, your name of your brand. Mm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Next, you're going to get the domain name and, and yeah. then you sleep even better. <laughs> yes, true, true. We'll get it. We'll get it. Uh, cool. I want to ask you something. Um, yeah, so you mentioned your team is effectively you and, and your husband. So how, how does that work out for you? How is it like some people find it challenging to work with their partner? I have my, my, my husband nodding there <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> it's extremely challenging, of course. I mean, he's my husband, he's my business partner, he's my best friend. 
I'm also in a country, I'm in Italy at the time mm-hmm. of this recording. I spend a lot of the year here and he's my, my home base here as well. And I'm also not a hundred percent fluent Italian. So when I need to express myself, he's the person I also express myself to, because there's nothing like expressing yourself to a person uh, in your native language. Mm-hmm. And so it can be a lot, but we also handle very different things in the business. Giuseppe's pretty much all on production and managing the property and all things Italian. I'm all things US American English mm-hmm. stuff. So I deal with our fulfillment center. I deal with shipping and logistics. I deal with branding and marketing, everything on that side of the business. And everything that's basically what we're doing right now, obviously I handle mm-hmm. the PR and the marketing and do all the interviews for the most part, unless he wants to hop in with me. But yeah, we have different things that we do and we specialize in. We sometimes go over the boundary and it can be frustrating because you want to take ownership of your work and you don't really want to be criticized by the person who's not doing your work all the time. It's like, who are you to come over here and have all these opinions when you're not in it 24 seven, you know, but you also need someone to come and, and um, back you up or help you problem solve. So we do the, there's not just a hard line of like, I never do production stuff. Like I was the other day putting manure on the property, which I hate doing. I hate- (laughs) I don't think somebody who likes doing that exists. (laughs) I just, well, I don't, I also, I had other things that I wanted to do. So I definitely didn't want to do that. And so, (laughs) but the person who was supposed to be helping just that they couldn't make it. And so I had to hop in. You got to do what you got to do, right? And sometimes yeah. that means throwing piles of poop onto olive trees. So <laughs> that's just what it is. And then uh, I needed help with content and coming up with ideas. And then I can brainstorm with Giuseppe mm-hmm. and go through the content calendar, make sure he, he approves. He also is the one who does a lot of the cooking and a lot of the recipes. And so he need, we need to walk through that together. So there's not, mm-hmm. it's a gray, it's a gray line and it's not a clear boundary. Mm. You mentioned the recipes and I saw you, you have that, um, it's, it's like, is it a membership or um, program on the website with the recipes? Tell me more about that because that's quite interesting for olive oil. Like I've never seen that before for that type of product. So we have uh, the, the recipes on our website are free. <clears throat> they live on our blog. So anyone can access the recipes that we have on our website. We talk a lot about food. We talk a lot about how to use olive oil. There's also an olive oil 101 section, but where we go into the most depth about recipes and Calabria and um, olive oil and really, really, really great detail. We give more personal details about the journey of making our products is in our newsletter. So our mm-hmm. blog is something that's on our website. It's there for SEO purposes. It's there so people understand who we are. Um, if they want to come visit Calabria, they have a resource there. If they want to make pasta aglio olio, which of course is pasta with olive oil and garlic, they have that recipe on our website. So it's really the starting point. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say maybe the, the more towards the top of the funnel. And then the newsletter is actually where we really get into the nitty gritty details of things. The membership is for product only. And we have a newsletter that goes out to our members. So I guess you could say that we do offer some additional Mm -hmm. um, details about if I wanna go more in depth with a certain, and I don't know, maybe talking about a particular product, we might do that with our newsletters, or excuse me, our membership, our product membership subscribers. 
And so the membership basically ships out four times a year, every three months quarterly. And that includes either two, four or six bottles. And it's great because people are able to basically um, get olive oil a couple times a year. And so they don't have to buy it at the grocery store. They get the oils that they want. And it makes life really easy for them. If people, we also have um, members that like gifting our oil and mm. we have a tendency to sell out, especially of the Avis. And so they're able to, if they get the highest bracket membership, they have oil for themselves. And then they also have their gifts for the rest of the year. If they're going to a friend's house, they just grab a bottle of olive oil and go. Okay. That's very cool. Did you come up with that? Like it's, it's a cool idea. It's, um, Yes, we have memberships are big in the US. So all, uh, excuse me, um, wine memberships are big, big thing. Mm-hmm. And I grew up going to Sonoma and Napa and my parents were members of a gazillion wineries. Like, oh my God, we would just used to go to Sonoma <laughs> and spend the whole day picking up wine from, I'm not even kidding, four different wineries. And they'd be like, you have back order of three months or like whatever, three quarters. <laughs> and so then we'd leave Sonoma Valley <laughs> Like five cases of wine from different wineries. And it's so fun because you get to taste the different wines that the producers are making, get to taste different vintages. And it just, it's really special. And so I was like, you know, we could really do that with olive oil. And we have our different um, types of oil because they have different cultivars and they're different blends. And mm-hmm. also they have different pairings with different types of food. So um, customers can have one of each type of oil throughout and then they can taste all of them throughout the year and like I said if we do sell out the product is still guaranteed to members Mm. that's great and you ship for at the moment at least just in the U.S. yeah U.S. only Canada we're trying to get to you but it's going to just take a little a minute Uh, you are in a space, I guess, because we do talk a lot about um, women in tech. And how, how is that in, in your space? <clears throat> how is it being a woman in, I guess, you could qualify it as agriculture? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because when you think of farmers and you think of um, just agriculture in general it's usually male dominated industry especially Mm. when you think of the people actually doing the work it's usually men Mm -hmm. and so it's been it's been a really interesting journey because I do actually go out and work harvest like while Mm. I'm I I do most of the marketing and the branding stuff for the rest (laughs) of the year when it's when it's harvest it's harvest like I'm not on my computer all day I'm not doing marketing everything's planned out far ahead of time and I'm in the groves and we're trying we're producing the oil that we're going to have for that year so it's um there's just it it can be lonely I guess that's the word I'm looking for it can be really lonely because I don't have that and I don't think this is just a like an Italy thing I think that if regardless if I was in California or another place it would be lonely because there's just not a lot of women that do the work that I do Mm -hmm. um there's definitely women that, of course, work in administration and the marketing departments and other parts of food businesses. But when it comes to actual production and being like out in the groves, it's not as common. Uh, so that has been, again, just lonely and kind of weird in a way, because I'm, I'm like, does this, 
Why do I feel like I'm alone here? <laughs> why, is, why aren't there more women doing this? It's interesting <laughs> because I guess it's um, different history, different regions, because in Eastern Europe, it was there was a period which is not that far ago, like literally like my great grandmother and I guess to, to some extent my grandmother, there used to be more women doing that because men were like gone during the war. So it has stayed as that's a woman's job to be in the field. Yeah. It was like that here. I mean, if you look at old films from uh, in, in Italy, especially South Italy, mm. it was all it used to all be women and they used to collect the olives in their aprons mm. <laughs> and then dump them into little baskets. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was because the men were all gone at war, but now it's pretty much all men and women are very much in the house. In, in South Italy and that's another thing it's been a culture shock mm. to see how much like women are are in the home doing home duties here because I just did not come from that and especially <laughs> in the Bay Area the women are like I'm sorry what no I'm CEO like I'm not doing that <laughs> you better call someone because I know and so <laughs> it's interesting um like I don't iron. You can ask Giuseppe. I do not iron. I just learned about mopping. Sweeping, <laughs> sweeping is like a big thing here. I'm not a big sweeper. I'm just mm. not a, um, I like keeping our home in a nice, pretty shape, but the house, the role of like housewife is not something that I'm mm. designed to do. Like that's just not, no. I have a lot of respect for housewives. Like I'm not trying to throw you all under the bus. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I just, it's not for me. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like everything else, I guess. And it's a, I think it's a good thing to, to acknowledge what is and what isn't for you because you, otherwise you can just get frustrated um, in some role that is just not yours and, and that's not good for anyone. And you waste a lot of time. Like I don't <laughs> want to, for me, it's a, my skills are lended in other places mm. so I just know yeah. yeah what is the difference in terms of because we, we said like what is it like working as a woman in in that mostly mainly dominated field have you or what is the difference that you spot between the mentality of entrepreneurs in the U.S. and let's say in Italy to not generalize Europe but I guess it's <laughs> oh my god it is I don't even think we have enough time for that right now okay. it's, um, it's like, I love Italians so much I adore them when it comes to entrepreneurship and opportunity Americans are yes people mm. that's the difference Italians are, I don't want to, there are no people with a lot of business things. When it comes to food, yes, 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 yes. Dinner, yes, yes. Social, yes. Everything is yes. When it <laughs> comes to like business things and really, really moving forward and, and um, opportunity, it's no. <laughs> and I don't, 
it just makes it really challenging here. And I feel for young people that want to own their businesses here in Italy, especially in South Italy, especially in Calabria, there's not a lot of opportunity. I understand the brain drain. I understand why a lot of young Italians have left Italy. It's mm. really hard. And I was talking to you about this earlier, just even like when it comes down to banking, mm. it's tough. It is like the banks here don't work for the people. The people work for banks. It's every single little thing is a challenge. And when you're met with so many challenges along the way, it can really, really uh, be a struggle. Tearing you down. Yeah. It, well, it's just, even if it's small things, if it's 10 a day, it's like, yeah. It's, oh, it's constant. And in the US, I heard no a lot and I got used to no. I heard no, I heard no in the beginning, like all the time. No, no, no. And I was like, okay, whatever. Okay. Because I knew that a yes was coming. But the mm -hmm. yeses here in Italy are just so much fewer. And it's really hard mm -hmm. to grow, um, to grow your business. Things are not as like just the way that money moves in the country as a whole, there's not as much circulation. Like the money here just doesn't move as fast or through as many hands as it does in the US. Mm. And people ask us all the time, like, why don't you sell your product in Italy? And it's like, because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's a, a pain in the butt. And I'm sorry, Italians, I love you guys to pieces. <laughs> but doing business in this country is really challenging and it takes away, it would be an energy drain. And I can't do that. Mm. I think there's I different yeah mentality and different priorities as well and um an interview i watched or listened to with mark randolph comes to mind and he was talking about some uh when he was younger he came to i think it was to italy no it was to france it was to france with a friend and they were talking to that french entrepreneur who was into leather goods whatever and he said we were there like with my friend for like 30 minutes talking to that guy, your products are amazing. You can do this, you can do that. You can sell them internationally. You can do da, 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 like amazing stuff. And you have all that opportunity uh, in front of you. And he said like after about 30, 40 minutes talking, we realized he's, the guy is just staring at us and he's looking at us and he's going, yeah, but why? <laughs> and, and that kind of sums it up. And the guy was like, I'm, I'm happy where I am. You know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, make myself go through all that trouble for that you know opportunity and that enormous market and that enormous everything and so it's a just it's just a different type of i guess idea people have about life and speed and and opportunity and and where you need to get to and why and yeah i agree wholeheartedly and also what like your sales channels and how people shop because Italian consumers are, that's a whole different animal than American consumers. Mm -hmm. I understand American consumers really well. I'm American myself. I understand I've been shopping in the US pretty much my whole life. And so mm -hmm. I get us, I understand us. Italian shoppers, I haven't figured them out yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure when or if I will ever understand them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and olive oil is not a product that they necessarily buy online. Like just in general, e-commerce in Italy is a market I'm not 100% convinced by. I think that, of course, like influencers like Chiara Ferragni, who is, you know, biggest influence in the world, like I'm sure that she's doing great. 
Mm. But I also don't think, think that her number one market is Italy. So <laughs> even though she's based here, uh, it just e-commerce is a different different monster. Also, just when it comes to marketing and branding, like when I go onto Italian brands, websites, there's always something like glitching and like flashing and, mm. and then the marketing, like I don't, I don't get it. Um, there's just, it's a tough market that I, I haven't necessarily cracked yet. And I don't necessarily think that right now we have the energy to extend to that. Mm. It's a very different, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. And that might sound harsh, but it's reality. Oh, no, well, it's, it's normal. It's, it's business, you know, you, you yeah. do what you're good at and that works. Um, you mentioned influencers. How do you, how do you market yourself? There's so many like channels and ways now to, to reach an audience. What works for you? Social media is, it works. It's fading, unfortunately, just because of the way that the metrics are working and the metaverse is attempting mm-hmm. to has been essentially forcing businesses to pay ads and we refuse to do that we don't believe that we have to be essentially pigeonholed into spending money on ad dollars to get in front of consumers but social media does still work if you have a connection with your audience and then Mm -hmm. also just seo and of course great pr getting in front of um readers we were in Forbes four times last year. We just had another feature in Forbes uh, a couple of days ago on Forbes Vetted. And right now we're also working on a book. So that will get us in front of a lot of new consumers and That's also help to educate them. But offering value hmm. at the end of the day, like that's what we have to do. We get, we get people onto our website. They sign up for our newsletter. We connect with them through our newsletter and we offer true value. Hmm. I think that's the way to go more than anything. And, and now, like, because we, we're talking about, uh, we're talking, I'm, I'm working with domains, so I'm talking to people about domain names, like, all day long with entrepreneurs. And there has definitely been the last few years a shift from exactly what you mentioned. Like, people are starting to realize, hold on a minute, like, I'm paying for ads. I'm bringing people to Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'm bringing them there. That's my audience. Then I have to pay for ads for you to show to them. And then on top of that, you're going to decide which parts of my content you show on their feed. And, and not to mention that, you know, all the scandals that you inevitably get involved in and like they, they can ban people and accounts disappearing and all that. So definitely way to go. A lot of people we've seen in the past few years investing in their own brand. And as you said, uh, it may be a bit harder to get people to go to your website and sign up to your newsletter. But once they do that, they're there and it's your audience. Yeah, and we can say whatever we want. We own Mm. our newsletter. That's a list that we own. It doesn't Mm. belong to, you know, Facebook or Instagram. Mm. So, and I've always, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say not only that, but you control what you do with that list because on other social uh, media, you're basically bringing in people and you're not controlling what's happening with their data or with, you know, with their accounts. And that's like, you know, it's unfair to them. Exactly. And we don't spam them. We're not selling, reselling people's emails. Like that's a practice that I really, really, really despise is when people... Mm -hmm 
because there's brands, they do it all the time. They sell your data, they sell your email. I hate when I get emails from people I don't know. And I actually started writing back to people. I have a mm. template now. Okay. And it's very, out? oh, one lady got very salty and was like, why did you choose my email out of all the ones to respond to? And I was like, why are you upset that you're getting this email from me? I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. I don't know how you got my email. And you're coming into my inbox with absolutely no permission. And then you're going to get mad at me when I call you out on it. Mm. I did that once recently. And I, I don't know, like I usually just delete, 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 don't, you know, not even worth the time. But there was that guy that was like emailing me like four or five times. But the wording was such that, like, it makes you think, did I ever talk to that person? And then I looked at, you know, all my correspondence. Like, no, I haven't. No, like not LinkedIn, not nowhere. So I just wrote unsubscribe, please. And he wrote back and he said, why do you want to subscribe? I was like, because I never subscribed. I said, yeah, but just because you never subscribed, it doesn't mean that I can send you something. It's like, yes, <laughs> actually it does. <laughs> yeah, it's not legal. And yeah, and also unsubscribing from email lists and then getting emails from those people again, super illegal, super not okay. Mm-hmm. Needs to be reported. It just... Yeah. Again, we're now going into like privacy, privacy <laughs> laws, and the I I just take people's email and contact information very seriously, mm. and I I also want my email and my contact information to be protected. I know that mm. it isn't because I get emails all the time from people that I don't know, but for me, that's how I personally choose to operate, and I think it's ethical. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned you've been featured in Forbes, and I saw you 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 have quite a few features in TV as well and other written publications. How did you get those? I probably can't answer in one question, yeah. one sentence. But how do you do that? Because you, you mentioned organic you, you team and yeah, you're yeah. doing it yourself. Organic, I swear, okay. all organic. We have only been pitched. We work with a public. We work with a publicist, and she's fantastic. But. Um, people recommend us and journalists and writers that's a tight group of people journalists writers really know each other Um, they're looking out for great brands they also want to feel like they found you they love the thrill of like oh we found this new brand (laughs) (laughs) and so it's not always about pushing yourself to writers to publications do really 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 great the absolute best work that you can first and be consistent for a very, very long time. And then you will reach the people you wanna reach. I promise you, it's gonna take a really long time. we didn't get any real publication until like 2019, 2020, and we launched in 2017, starting Mm -hmm. sales in 2018. We didn't get any real publication for over two years, but we were consistent for our first two years. So yeah, I think you can sum it up with the, the answer you had to the question about how do you do marketing and how you reach people. It's basically being authentic and doing quality work. Yeah. And I think it's more and more, like there used to be a time not so long ago where you could sort of buy your way around it. Like if you had enough cash to throw at advertising, you could get yeah. away with uh, you know some fishy brand or, or product. Now it's it, it's, I think it's gone in that good thing. You can't, yeah, you can't do that anymore. And also behind XL, there's two real people. 
mm. we're not making like we're we're real two real human beings we're married we show people what we're doing how we operate and I think that that's intriguing because we, there is a, of course exile has its own personality I have my own personality so does Giuseppe but for people to truly see that they're not they're investing in XL. they're also investing in us so I feel that uh, one of my really good friends and the founder of Pineapple Collaborative uh, Atara once told me she said every time someone makes, makes a purchase with your brand, they're voting with their dollar. Mm. Mm. And I could not agree with that more because every time someone makes, makes a purchase of XL olive oil, they're voting for Giuseppe and I. They're choosing us over a big brand that they could buy at the supermarket. Mm. No, and, it, and it's really, it's authentic, it's personal. And like, that's probably a very crappy marketing line that I'm going to use. But for me, that was very interesting that you said, you know, I'm doing the marketing, he's doing the physical stuff. But, you know, like I was shifting poop like the other way around. And that ends up in, you know, somebody who is buying olive oil on the other side of the planet. It starts like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. That connection that is so, so personal and so real that you... You know, you're not imagining some machine somewhere, some faceless uh, corporation kind of a thing. It, it's mm. that. And, and that, we have, sorry, and we also have relationships with all of our vendors. And we talk mm. about that. Like we know, I love going to see our bottle guys and our label guys. They're so funny and their business is family owned. Every time they go, they're like, you want a coffee? Come on. And they move a million miles a minute. Like, boom, 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 let's go. You want to do this? We can do this. Like, let's sit for the next label. <laughs> oh, you have an anniversary? Let's do this. <laughs> and they have so much energy. And to have that relationship with someone who is also helping to create your products. It, yes, it's Giuseppe and I behind XL, but we also work with a bunch of different vendors and a bunch of different small businesses. And now we've switched to working with 100% small and or family-owned businesses in Calabria, which is really hard to do. Oh, I can imagine. Um, and everybody's within a 45 minute drive of us. And so we know what's happening with every single step. Our box manufacturers, they also like, we had to interview for them to work with us. We had to beg them for two weeks. Will you please make our boxes? Will you please make our boxes? They were like, no, no, no. We don't know you. We don't know who you are. We don't know what you want. Even though I told them what we wanted. What are, you, what, what are you doing? Who are you? They wanted to know all these things. And we told them, we finally told them, okay, it's going to California. They're like, it's going to California. Okay, we'll make your boxes. <laughs> Next thing you know, like we're getting a full tour of the, the box, um, the factory. And they're like, this is where your logos are going to go. They're going to be stored here. Amazing. We're going to use this paper. You should start a reality show there. Oh my gosh. You should. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I would make a lot of money if I started reality. <laughs> but we yeah. every single thing, and also the people, because we don't have our own mill. We we work with another company that owns a mill, and we do all of our milling there, and we get priority because we have developed a relationship with the family that owns the mill, um, and they know how we want to produce our products. We manage every single step of the process. So that's what I mean. Like we tell our customers this and they laugh. Like I've told them about the box guys and we get the mm -hmm. funniest emails. They're like, we want to meet them. 
Like, please, when we come yeah. to Calabria, please take and us to meet the boss. Watching this has connections with link, not, not LinkedIn, not Netflix. Yeah, I, I think there's there's some some potential there. <laughs> I'd watch that. Every <laughs> single thing. And also like yesterday, there's a million stories I have, but yesterday we went to the lab to do our lab testing for the oil. Mm. And we were there all day for getting the acidity levels, the peroxide levels, polyphenol. And I just can sit and hang out with them in the lab and she's just doing her little science thing and testing everything. And I get to watch her and sit there. It's just, if we didn't have a relationship with these vendors, I would never be able to do that. Cause if you go to a lab and you're like, hi, can I please come back into your biology lab and watch you mess around yeah, with all your trinkets and your bottles? Like that's never going to happen. Yeah, but if you have yeah. these relationships with businesses and you know who you're working with, you're able to gain access into truly seeing the behind the scenes of all the little steps that go into your business as well. Mm. And that's important to me. It's really important. Yeah, it, it is. Oof. Um, I don't have any more questions. Oh, one last one. What, what are you working on now? What's, what's new and exciting? Writing the book. Oh yeah, you mentioned and, the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When yeah. is that coming? And I need out? to get writing uh, 2023. Okay. So I need to get on it. Giuseppe and I are writing it together. It's going to be about olive oil. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about it. I've wanted to write a book since I was a teenager. And I, mm. I think I really manifested this <laughs> in 2020 <laughs> when in my meditation sessions, I swear. In 2020, I was like, I want Oprah's favorite things. I want to be in Forbes and I want to write a book. And this is the third thing that okay. has happened. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And then yeah, for, for real, I mean, do, do, do send, send it to Netflix. Uh, I think you have some to show potential there. <laughs> I, and here's the other thing, the conversations, uh, you talk about like a American and Italian entrepreneurs. Mm. So the conversations I have with my American friends, I'm not even kidding. They're like, so when Netflix picks up your documentary, mm. who's going to play you? <laughs> <laughs> or they do your biopic, who's going to play you? And they have like a list of actresses. Yeah. <laughs> and then I talk to my Italian friends and they're like, so what are we going to, like, it's just different. It's just yeah. not there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time for Netflix. Nah. <laughs> no, <they're... laughs> oh, dear. All it's right. funny though. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's been, how did you name the cat? Last one. Because <laughs> we were talking about naming. What's the name of the cat, the kitten? So, Solo. So, oh, nice. the other thing to come out of olive oil is this kitten. Because <laughs> he was running around outside of the bottling facility when we were bottling oh, nice. in December. He was running around and he came up to the door and tried to come inside. And I was like, obviously you can't come inside. It's a bottling facility. <laughs> and I went outside to check on him because he was just a couple weeks old very very small and he kept trying to get inside and come up and hang out with me and I was like I gotta go take care of business and then he disappeared and so we thought he had gone or like found his mom mm. we're driving home and we hear meow 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 when we're driving and I'm like did you oh, hear a meow and just <laughs> did I hear a meow no we didn't hear a meow that was the radio we get home and we hear meow meow and then we open our truck hood oh and this little kitten is sitting on this cap like the only covered part of the engine 
thank God. And he had survived a seven minute drive oh, from the bottling facility to our house. So he had been hanging out on the engine the whole time. Oh dear. So uh, we named him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we, we took him home and, and took care of him and we named him Solo. He's alone. <laughs> like you, you said you feel alone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lonely. <laughs> But he's a really good cat, so we he we didn't choose him. He definitely chose us. Oh, I think so. That, that there's no question there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that that kind of goes nicely with you know writing a book with a cat. It's it's it fits perfectly. I think he was the missing piece there. I when I meditate, I ask um, to have whoever is supposed to be in my life to come into my life. Hmm. And it usually happens within a couple months. I'm like, okay, if there's someone who's going to help me in my life to help me, you know, on my journey, become better version of myself, help me move forward, let them en enter, have them be here. I got a cat. That's who I got. <laughs> Very persistent cat. I, I think it was like right there. <laughs> the most persistent cat. Brilliant. All right. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna like hold you for much longer. You probably have something to do, um, and it, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll edit the interview, send it for you to review before we publish it. Um, and yeah, if if anything comes up in the meantime, feel free to email me. I'm looking forward to the book. Thank you. Um, I do have one question. What are you working on? How how are you? Um operating I'm on your your site right now what is how is smart branding um like what are you guys working on right now so um the business side of what I do is actually on markupgrades.com and what we do is we help entrepreneurs secure the best domain names for their business so sometimes it's people like yourself where you started on um something else and you want to upgrade to you mentioned the dot com in your case <clears throat> it's taken so we we do the negotiation or we find out like sometimes it's hard to find out who the owner of the domain name is etc etc mm -hmm. uh we do that we have some names that we represent so i have contract with domain name portfolio owners and we do the presentation and marketing for their names mm -hmm. and sometimes we have people or entrepreneurs who don't even have an idea for a name and they want uh, us to come up with the name and ideally the matching.com domain name. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> smartbranding.com came out of that, I think must be about three years ago now, because um, like you, you talk to people and you realize most people don't know a thing about olive oil. And then, well, you're writing a book. So, you know, you cannot, that, like you're starting from so far when you talk to people, like I can talk about domain names and naming all day. And sometimes mm -hmm. I even forget that the person on the other side, like they, they don't have the same level of understanding of those things. Yeah. And, and you, you can't explain it in a conversation, even if you take, you know, an hour, like nobody no. has that time yeah. and you can't put it all in. So smart branding came out as a result of that, where where there's just so much, to say on that topic that um, that that you can do it in, in a conversation. So we decided to, to put things together and it has um, like, I'm gonna open it up. It has, so we have the interviews, which is 
you know, talking to, to, to people like yourself, entrepreneurs who are sharing their experience with, you know, how they came up with the brand, uh, how do they make sure it's, it's effective so people can learn from each other and share experiences. And, and also it, it kind of allows us to, to give them some publicity. Yeah. Uh, we also have the tips there on branding, naming, domain names, rebrands, etc. Recently added the NFT category because obviously everybody wants to know more about NFTs. Yeah. They... <laughs> uh, we do. What do we do? We do reports, research on different topics. So it's a it's an ongoing thing, and it's a freely available resource to people to learn more about naming and branding and domain names. Cool. Well, um, I'll just let you know, XL Olive Oil is up for $20,000 right now. And I'm not paying 20, sorry. I'm just not paying $20,000 for XL.com. I realize that might not be the ton of money towards like maybe a startup. They'd be like, whatever, easy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's ultimately something for, for you to decide. Like I'm never, like people go, oftentimes because what is expensive to somebody is not expensive to somebody else and and generally like, like it's a business you know you're not buying a handbag or i don't know so it all has to make sense financially for you it's like you know i'm investing that much into that name what am i getting out of it yeah and that's exactly. a that's a calculation that everybody uh, we have articles on that topic as well some some it's a calculation that everybody has to make for themselves like oftentimes i give um an example with, because um, I'm in Nice, I mentioned, so there's that apartment like right next door that's mm -hmm. been on sale for, for four or five years now. And they, oh I think it was listed at 10 million, then it was at 7 million. So it changes sometimes, but it's like in the, you know, that sort of a price range. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not paying that for an apartment. You know, I, I don't, it's not even a question of whether I have the money or not. It's just, I cannot get my money back on that sort of investment. I, I don't, I'm not going to live there like I don't, I plan on living anywhere in particular for long enough. Like I yeah. like moving. And then if yeah. I'm going to rent it, it's just not my thing to, you know, deal with renting apartments, blah, blah, blah. So it does not make sense for me to invest that money. It's not even a question of whether I have it or not. But yeah. for other people, it makes sense. You know, somebody might buy it and just live in there and be happy. Or somebody might buy it and rent it and make money. So yeah. it's not a question, like when people talk to me about domain names, I often use the analogy because it's like, oh, 10 million is a lot for, you know, an apartment or a domain name. And like, it's no, it's, it's a matter of what you do with it, how much yeah. is you and how much makes sense to you. So, you know, you know best your marketing, you know, where you plan to take it in the future, you know, I, I guess the, some things that people overlook because it's easy to measure the things that you have so you can say you know i'm getting that sort of a traffic i'm getting this i'm getting that and i have to say it's a good thing that i'm seeing more and more people starting to realize um starting to try and measure at least the things that they don't see yeah so for example we have um, an interview somewhere on the website with um uh, i think it was angel.com so they were on a in dot gl or something like that that's a weird spelling of angels and uh, they were considering okay do we rebrand do we invest in the dot com you know exact angel.com do we what do we do 
And instead mm -hmm. of just wondering, they did some tests. And they did some tests with audiences. And then they calculated, okay, it's going to cost us X amount of money to get people to remember an alternative of angel.com. And that's how they calculated, okay, don't, you know, the investment in the, that domain name makes sense. But that's something that very few people do. Yeah. So it, it's, it's something that you, I think, as with actually many things, it's, you just need to do your research and you need to figure out what makes sense for you, regardless of, you know, what anybody else says. Yeah. And uh, taking the time to do that is, is the important thing. Yeah. Also, the other thing is like, is olive oil, olive oils, I think for, I think is always going to be our number one product. It's the product that we mm. produce. And so we do want, of course, introduce pastas. I want to maybe um, play around with candles or other beauty products, like small beauty home products that people can have, or like little plates or something. But at the end of the day, I don't want us to just be XL. I want it to be XL olive oil because that's the product that our other products are going to be built around. If we have a sauce, the sauce is going to have olive oil in it. Mm -hmm. It's And also just for SEO, like we're competing with olive oils. So mm -hmm. when I have olive oil in the name of the website, like yes, XL.com would be amazing because it would make the brand feel very global across many different types of products. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like we are olive oil at the core and mm -hmm. having olive oil in the actual title of the website is, mm. makes, this is it makes things really easy. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely go over smart branding. There's a lot of stuff there that, that can be helpful on that. But yeah, I will. Yeah, <clears throat> for you to, to decide. Well, thank you so much. Um, I look forward to seeing the interview and um, I'll reach out if I ever find myself in Nice. <laughs> thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.